off, no days off. We talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. Not today. Hey, what is up? What is up, people? Hey, it's your guy, the Czar, for our second installment. That's right. We're back. A second straight week. The Wire Podcast. We got some good reviews on the first show. Got some things we need to tweak. We're getting better and better every day. Every day. That's 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 one thing. That's a mantra I like to stick on. Um, you can always get better day to day, you know. Um, what we're going to go over is this week's NFL recap. We'll give my uh, thoughts and uh, players of the week, and we're going to go over the week 18 schedule, my predictions. I, I really sucked. <laughs> Pause. When it came to uh, la- this week's predictions, I mean, I was off. I was really off, and you can tell uh, if you l- review the last podcast. But, hey, it's just my opinion. It's just my opinion. So, like I said, uh, and, fa- and you know what? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to everyone. I hope everyone, um, if you had a good 2023, you continue to have a good 2024. If you just had a bad 2023, just say forget it. Chalk that L up and and restart, reboot, and go for uh, 2024. That's all we can say. So the first, uh, the first action we had um, was December 28th. We had the Jets versus the Browns. The Browns dominated the Jets. It was no surprise. Joe Flacco had a great performance. Uh, December 30th, uh, the, the, the Saturday game, Dallas versus the Lions. The boys pulled it out. There are also questionable calls, but the most questionable call everyone is uh, checking in on is the, the illegal player or the eligibility of the player that checked in. Uh, I'm going to respect what the referee said. I'm not going to hassle with it. Because I played offensive line, I played defensive line. And when you play, when you're a defensive lineman or an extra lineman, you come in, you got, everyone has to report. It's not like you can say, we're all reporting. No, you got to say, I'm reporting. You, you're reporting. Me, I'm reporting. We're reporting. Individually. So, um, Dallas versus the Lions. And I think that might be a matchup. Uh, to come forward for the playoffs. That'll be a good rematch right there. Um, we got the Baltimore Ravens dominating, sinking the Fins, 56 to 19. My guy Lamar Jackson had a great game. Uh, as my people, my, my close friends, they always give me flack about Lamar, but I'm going to give his flowers. He had a good game. The guy is evolving. This is what I like to see evolve. As you get older and your career grows, you evolved, and he's gotten away from the, I used to call him a, a hashtag running back with an arm. So he he's growing. I like to see that. I like to see that. So the Ravens going away 56-19 uh, on the Dolphins. I really thought the Patriots were going to beat the Bills. The Patriots, I, I really thought they were going to upset the Bills, but the Bills did what they needed to do to stay in the playoff hunt, 27-21. <clears throat> uh, next one shocked me. I thought Atlanta was going to basically be victorious over the Bears, but they weren't. Justin Fields had an unbelievable day. He shocked me as well. The Bears win going away 37-17. to 17. Um, The Titans, the Titans are just blown. They, they blew the team up. 
Well, they have new uh, new GM. They're still getting their their feet together. So I'll give the Titans a one off. I knew the Texans were going to win. C.J. Stroud was back, and he gets my vote for Rookie of the Year. The Texans uh, go away comfortably, 26-3 over the Titans. I thought the Raiders, the Raiders had the momentum. I thought the Raiders were going to do something. They were in line. They could win the division, like I said in my last podcast. But uh, the Colts, Gardner Minshew, let's get on him real quick. I've ever since Gardner was in Jacksonville, I have been enamored with his style of play. I mean, like not enamored. I've been just like it, it's toxic to me. I always like to see, I always watch him because they call it Minshew magic in Jacksonville. To me, they never should have got rid of Minshew. They should have kept Minshew here and built around him. And what do we have? The locals. I'm not saying the. This is what I hear. In Jacksonville. The locals are starting to turn on Trevor. The same way they turned on Gardner. You know, give Trevor a little bit more time. I think it would be all right. But to me, um, I think you had your quarterback with Gardner Mitchell. Because don't forget the Colts drafted Anthony Richardson with their first pick. He got hurt. He's out. And, you know, with me, Anthony Richardson was a project. You can't, you can't tell me that the Colts were going to end up 9-7 and seven or 10-7, and seven, uh, you know, whatever they're going to be at the end of the season with a playoff push. You, you couldn't tell me that with AR starting. No. The season was bleak. He was hurt. They were like Frankenstein. They were up and down. We don't know which Colts team we're going to get with Gardner Minshew and that defense. They, they are now the Titans in this playoff run. And what I mean by that, let me put two and two together. The Colts are the only team I think that could challenge Baltimore. That's one of the few teams I think that can go into Baltimore because Baltimore has the number one seed throughout the playoffs. If you want to win the Super Bowl, you'll go to the Super Bowl, it has to go through B-more. Purple Rain. The Colts are one of the few teams that can actually go into Baltimore and actually physically challenge the Ravens and give them a run for their money and possibly win. That's my dark horse in the AFC. Uh, the next game, we have the Panthers, Panthers versus the Jaguars. There's no... They laid a goose egg. The Panthers, uh, I hope they get better next year, but the Jaguars handle business. Trevor Lawrence is out. C.J. Beathard, excellent game. Um, the Rams. Rams survive the G-Men. They go into, I think it's MetLife Stadium. New York, the Meadowlands, and survive. So the, the Rams, and this is my coach of the year for the Rams. He, he's my coach of the year, Rams, Rams coach. Uh, Sean, I think Sean McVay. Who would have thought the Rams to come out right now? They're 9-7. and seven. The cupboard was bare. All you had was Aaron Donald and Matthew Stafford. You have anything else. And he has those guys playing. They're another dangerous team that you do not want to play in the playoffs. This is a shocker right here. Uh, Cardinals versus Philadelphia. The car, It's a bird fight. The cards go into the link. And they sneak and eke a win out against the Eagles. I mean, what's going on with this Eagles team? 
My guy asked me the other day, I think it's coaching. He had Shane Steichen and a couple, a couple other uh, uh, coaches leave the Philly organization for greener pastures. You know, you can't, you can't say no to an opportunity. That's one thing you can't do. You know, you're a defensive coordinator. You get a chance to be a head coach. You're an offensive coordinator. You got a chance to be a, a head coach. You got to go, especially you've never been one. So Shane Steichen, their mission is Shane Steichen and a couple of their assistants right now. You can just tell. Philadelphia is still Philadelphia, but there's chinks in the armor right now. So, like I said, the Cardinals uh, clip the Eagles' wings, 35-31. to 31. <laughs> Good thing I didn't bet on that one. Um, this next one, my, my, one of my new co-hosts, he's going to be up here soon in a couple weeks. He's preparing himself. We call him Said the Head, pause. He's a, 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 a diehard Buccaneers fan. And I didn't even watch the game. I knew the Buccaneers were going to win. And what do you know, my guy, Ben Douglas, and, the, and when the Saints come marching in, they shot the Buccaneers at home. Can I get a Charlie Murphy laugh on that one? <laughs> Boy, said you're going to get it. You're going to get it, said. No. I, I just don't understand how the Buccaneers dropped it to the Saints. But, hey, the Saints, respectively, they're 8-8. Eight and eight. Shout out to my guy, like I said, Ben Douglas. My guy, uh, Ronald Curry, Ron C. He's on the coaching staff of the Saints. I always kind of uh, closet root for them on the back end. So it's good to see the Saints at eight and eight. Didn't see it coming. We got the 49ers rebounding. They're 12 and four right now. And they got the number one seed throughout the playoffs at 12 and four. They dominate the commanders, the Redskins, the the team called Washington. I don't know what the I don't know what this team is doing. Um Magic Johnson, uh, I'm gonna give him a, I'm gonna give him a one off because like I said, he just took over him and his regime. Give, give Magic Johnson a couple years, and I think he'll get the commanders together. I really think so. Uh, we got the Steelers outlasting the Seahawks. Mike Tomlin. Whoo. This man, I think, has been coaching, I think, 17 years has not had a losing season yet. I don't know if the man has a camel hoof around his neck for good luck. I don't know what it is about Mike Tomlin. Shout out, second of all, shout out to Mike Tomlin. I'm from VA 757 Hampton Roads. He's from VA 757 Hampton Roads. William and Mary, hey man, love that guy. Congratulations, Mike Tomlin. Hopefully you guys will make the playoff, and we'll see what happens from there. Um, we got my Broncos, victorious. Uh, we had a backup quarterback. Uh, I think his name was Jared Stedham, and he had a good game. Russ had to sit for... They say, you know, uh, other reasons, but we're going to sort that out in Denver. Hopefully, um, we'll get it together. We're victorious over the Chargers, 16-9. Uh, and I want to give a shout-out to Russ for being a constant, constant professional because a lot of guys in that situation would have got on social media. It, it, it You would have turned the Kool-Aid in the mud. So... Like I said, I don't. I know what Russ is probably thinking, but props to Russ for being a consonant professional. We got the Bengals. The Bengals have been eliminated. Uh, I thought the Bengals were going to be a dark horse, but KC back on top. KC might host a divisional game. Uh, they won the AFC West, so they were victorious over the uh, Bengals. I call them the Bungles. 
They had a backup quarterback, but they're victorious, 25-17. And we got the, the Green Bay Packers. I got stock in the Packers, by the way. 8-8, eight and eight, let's be great, over the Vikings. Kirk Cousins had his shirt off with a chain at the home game doing the clap with the horn and everything, man. It, it was great. It was great. But it was great to see the Green Bay Packers uh, finally rebound. And, and the thing about Green Bay, I'm going to give a shout-out to them. I'm going to talk about them for a minute. Green Bay has had some of the greatest quarterbacks uh, in NFL history. I'm not saying NFL history, but they've had some good quarterback play. You had Bart Starr. You had Brett Favre. You had Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Green Bay does a good job. They don't really draft bust quarterbacks. When Green Bay drafts a quarterback, they usually hit on them, and I think they've hit on Jordan Love. I really think they've hit on Jordan Love. So um, that's going to wrap it up for my uh, chats on the games that happened. We're going to week 18. And if you want to play the money line and stuff like that off of what I said, that's cool. But, hey, if if you bet <laughs> and you lose your money because of what I said, don't come for me, man. Don't come for me. So let's speed it up. We got week 18. We got, uh, actually, you know what? Let's go ahead and take a break on that. We'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, thanks for sticking around. We're at the last half of the show. Thanks for everyone. You know, thanks for the good texts. Thanks for the positive vibes. Thanks for the contributions. Um, the Wire Podcast, second episode. We're getting some good reviews. We're going to tighten some stuff up. Um, we're going to go ahead and go over the college scores and, and, and thoughts here. And we're not, we're not going to do the whole, you know, shebang. We're just going to do last night's game. Um, <clears throat> we had number one Michigan versus number four Alabama. This was a great game. Uh, Michigan survived Alabama. The only thing I want to say about this is um, Alabama played flag football with these guys. And, and I'm getting some mixed reviews that Michigan stood up to them and this and that. No, they didn't. Alabama could have ran the ball the whole night against Michigan. Now, don't get me wrong. They had some players with three yards in a cloud of dust. They were, you know, stopped at the line of scrimmage. But if, if, if Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide dedicated this game, their, their game plan to running the ball, they beat Michigan by at least 14 points. Uh, the only problem I have, and I think everyone ha- everyone is questioning this, the last call. Um, the, you know, the fourth down and goal, the quarterback sneak. It, there, was a, there was a lot of variations in there. We don't know if it was run, pass, option. We don't know. Uh, there was a part of the play where the guard came from the left, well, came from the right and pulled to the left. People are saying he was supposed to follow the guard. Uh, you had a running back or a motion go out. The linebacker or the safety was late getting on him. But for that play to be called, and Nick Saban, I'm not saying Nick Saban called it, but it looked from a fan's point of view. All right, it's fourth down. What we're going to do is we're going to run straight into the pile. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's what it looked like. Hut, hut. We're run straight. We're just gonna run straight into the pile, and they're gonna let us stop us. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, what kind of call was that? 
I don't get it. I don't get it. And I think, see, Alabama, Alabama's uh, predominant, Larry, uh, predominant man-to-man defensive, you know, team, they started to zone up a little bit on Michigan. And I think if Alabama changes their game plan earlier, they're still victorious. Because, I mean, when Alabama went to zone, there was nothing open. And, and to me, that Michigan is not that talented. I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, J.J. McCarthy had 221 uh, yards, three touchdowns. The players of the game were made with his legs. Because third down after third down, they were just completing them. You know. And uh, it, 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 it is what it is. You know. Uh, congratulations to the Michigan Wolverines. All the drama they went through. Jim Harbaugh. Spygate 2.0 scandal. If he wins this championship, I mean, it erases everything. It erases everything, you know. And shout out to the Harbaugh family. We got the Baltimore Ravens. We got we got John Harbaugh. Is it Jim or John? I don't know which one is which. But we got one Harbaugh brother, the number one seed with the Ravens. And we got the other Harbaugh brother, number one in college football, headed to the national championship. Just imagine if one wins a Super Bowl and the other one wins a college championship. The Harbaugh, the Harbaugh household will be ecstatic. I tell you, it'll be ecstatic over there. They're partying for the rest of the year. I'm sorry, they're just partying. Uh, next, we got uh, Texas versus Washington. Texas, they, they, that defense, that defense was not as advertised. They didn't come as advertised. I thought Texas was going to put up a little bit more of a struggle defensively, but you got that guy, Penix. Am I pronouncing it right? Penix. 439 yards and two touchdowns? Sheesh. I mean, I got to look at I got to look at this class cuz I think he's coming out. And I think that's who the Broncos may want to draft. You know, you got about three or four quarterbacks that are, you know, that are top of the line. I don't think, you know, you can, I don't, I don't want to say you can't miss on them, but it's too good not to pull the trigger on it. You know, but uh, when the two teams match up, Washington versus Michigan, I have mixed thoughts. If Michigan stays true to their game with their pass rush, and they, they should be able to keep everything in front of them defensively, I think that pass rush will get after Mr. Penix. But Michigan has to run the ball. Blake Horm has to get at least 25, 20, 20 carries. They got to grind this out because what – the Michigan Wolverines can't do is turn this into a flag football game where in a track meet where they're going up and down the field versus Washington. If you don't milk some of that clock away, Penix is going to catch fire and he's going to strike you for about three touchdowns. And you get the momentum, then you can't stop it. You know, so um, I got Michigan going away by 10 points. Give me 10. 10 on Michigan. Uh, the last part of the uh, conversation I want to have is uh, the, the what was it, the Fiesta Bowl. We got to stop this. We got to stop these bowl games. And I know it's, it's I, I talked to my man, shout out to my guy, Ball Hawk, Ahmad Hawkins, uh, commentator for uh, University of Virginia sports, football, and everything. Uh, he made a good point. 
it, it's reps for these younger the younger guys and you know recruiting tool and stuff like that when when it comes to the Liberty Flames. But they had no business in the Fiesta Bowl versus Oregon. I'm sorry. I would have rather them play Colorado. Even though Colorado Colorado didn't make the the bowl series, I would have I would rather have them play someone like that. Liberty versus Duke. Uh Liberty versus Rutgers. You know, with Liberty versus West Virginia, something like that. When you got an offensive juggernaut like Oregon, Bo Nix, 363 yards, and I think he got, I think he's the highest Raider, uh, highest, uh, he has the highest uh, QB rating of all time or something like that. It's 78.9 or so. Don't, don't quote me wrong on that. It's that, that That's bananas. Uh, Liberty, I know they can't help who they play, but I just think Liberty wasn't ready physically. Like they're, it's not, they're not there. The record is there, thirteen and zero. The record is there, but when you break down these rosters, Oregon, five, four and five stars down, down the, down the middle. You can pick and choose the four and five stars in, in, in Oregon. Liberty, you got one, two, three. You probably got a couple of four stars. That's about it. You got some walk-ons. So, Liberty, I mean, like I said, the record was there. No disrespect to Liberty. The record was there, but the the talent and the physicality was not. It wasn't. I mean, it was it was atrocious. And one more thing before we end the show. Uh, next, the next next week we're gonna have uh, another segment called Pop Culture and Selective Outrage. You don't want to miss that because we're gonna hit on some stuff that's happening um, in current events and news and stuff like that. People are gonna feel some kind of way, but uh, yeah, stick around. Uh, next week we'll have uh, the uh, the Pop Culture and the uh, Selective Outrage segment of the show. Uh, one more thing I do want to say is, oh yeah. Shout out to, uh, let's see here. Shout out to FAMU coach Willie Simmons. He left to be the running backs coach at Duke. Now, I know people have mixed feelings and stuff like that. I, I, I see the writing on the wall all the time. Oh, why did he leave the HBCU for Duke? Let me tell you something real quick. There's levels to this game. There's levels to it. You know, he got the Rattlers to a 12-1 record in the Celebration Bowl Championship this year um, to become a running backs coach at Duke. He was 45-13 and at five seasons at Florida A&M and 66-24 and overall as a college coach. Um, you know, he, he had to weigh his options and stuff like that. But uh, basically, I mean, you can't beat Duke. Like, they're going to pluck you from the lower levels. Now, if, you, if you're if you about that, like the HBCUs and stuff like that, I get it. If you're HBCU strong, like, you know, like some coaches, I'm not going anywhere, cool. But Simmons, I think, has a mission. Like, he, he I mean, I don't think he's going to stay at Duke, but it's more money, better facilities, and he's going to learn some other stuff. 
you know, uh, Simmons, he's 43 years old, last coast at uh, Middle Tennessee, where he served as offensive coordinator. Uh, basically, I mean, coaches don't stay put forever. You know, they overlapped. He had, he had, he had stints with uh, Middle Tennessee from two, 2007 to 2009. You know, he uh, he coached Prairie I can't even talk. Prairie View A&M from 2015 to 2017, going 21 and 11. The guy's a winner. He went 39 and 8, his final four seasons at Florida A&M. You know, and they beat Howard in the Celebration Bowl. Um, Simmons was signed to a, you know, Florida, to, to Florida A&M uh, until 2025. And, you know, he earned a, a nice salary of 300000 you know, he received 135000 in bonuses this year, including, you know, 100000 from winning the Celebration Bowl. That is not bad at all. That is not bad at all. But when Duke comes to call, are they going to put you at running backs, coach? You get a chance to so, to coach some great men. Now, I'm not saying the, the men at Florida A&M are not great. But this is a whole different step up. This is a networking opportunity. The network for Florida A&M is not the same network for Duke. We know that. Let's not be blind. I'm not saying Florida A&M is not a bad job. The facilities are different. Transportation is different. The money's different. So congratulations to him. And to see, and what people are missing, we have some people calling him a sellout. People, oh, you this, you that. No. When you have a guy like him and he gets his foothold in Duke, this is what the, the the coaching relation, the coaching and player relationship comes to the forefront. Who's to say he stays at Duke for two, three years as a running backs coach? And let's say he gets the, the head coach at Wake Forest or uh, Miami or something like that. He might want to bring a kid, a freshman that's or a sophomore that's from Florida and him that he know that can, you know, that, that can help him. Just like um just like Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech, I forgot the kid's name, the running back. I think they brought him up from North Carolina A&T. I knew nothing about the kid. How the kid ended up at North Carolina A&T with all that speed and power, I have no idea. I have no idea. But he, he burst on the steam at Virginia Tech. I'm like, wow. Whoa. Well, who's this kid? You know, so the coaching-player relationship does matter. So like I said, don't burn your bridges. You know, why are you leaving this coach? Not saying anyone's saying that, but give it some time. You never know. He might reach back down and pluck a couple of coaches, a couple of players. Hey, you guys come with me because that, that's the thing now. Get players you know that fit your system or get players that you know that you're kind of guys, you know? So, hey, that's it for the show. I appreciate y'all. This is our second episode of The Wire. Stick around next week. We got the third installment. Like I said, we have pop culture and we got our segment called Selective Outrage. We'll have some guests on. Y'all be good. Peace.